0: recently say that this committee, which I think is
1: illegitimate under the house own rules and resolution that created it, is now geared towards things like federalizing our election laws or abolishing the Electoral College. And I think that tells you a lot about what Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats wanted with this committee. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the McCrick Podcast. I'm Jerry D. Sext. I'm here, as always, with Nick Hausman. Nick, how you doing, buddy?
0: Uh, I'm doing okay. We had, we had a party at our house yesterday outside of the backyard. Oh, man, good like, for you. It almost felt normal. But I got to tell you, Jared, when we do that and you have a good time and you enjoy people's company, you realize for the last two years we really haven't done a lot of that. This is what makes life living worth living, right? This is the happiness that we've been missing. So unfortunately, we had to deal with all the Trump and all the stuff that's going on now politically. But if we had just had the ability to have these interactions socially, if I were, I, I would have been a lot happier over the last you know couple of years, I think.
1: It turns out that solidarity is built on the joy of others, and sometimes we forget that. And on that note, uh, just to give everybody a preview uh, the January 6th committee is holding their first public meeting, primetime special attempted coup, hoot and nanny boot drag on thursday at 8 p.m eastern uh we are going to cover that on the weekender edition that comes out on friday if you want to hear our responses to uh what promises to be i want to say a hell of a show but uh i, I should be an important moment i hopefully it is hopefully and and we'll talk more about that today but if you want to gain access to that go over to patreon.com slash podcast do it uh li-
0: do it Go
1: ahead and give a little bit of a preview of what's to come uh, Before we actually get into the January 6th committee meeting on Thursday uh, A couple of the juicy nuggets have, have come across the wire over the past couple of days uh, Peter Devaro, a Trump advisor uh, this, this, if, if this doesn't warm your heart, I don't know what to tell you uh, Because he wasn't uh, working with the January 6th commission uh, They got on an airplane and dragged his ass out <laughs> I was on my way to
0: Nashville today to do a TV appearance with Mike Huckabee Show, right? And instead of coming to my door where I live, which, by the way, is right next to the
1: FBI, instead of calling me and say, hey, we need you down at court, we've got a warrant for you, I would have gladly come. What did they do? They intercepted me getting on the plane. And then they put me in handcuffs, they
0: bring me here, they put me in leg irons, they stick me in a cell. By the way, just historical note, I was in John Hinckley's cell. They seem to think that that was like an important
1: historical note. Okay, that's punitive. That what they did to me today violated the Constitution. So, of course, Navarro goes and says, you know, that he was uh, his constitutional rights were impugned. And what does he say immediately? Go out and buy my book, because... Never stop grifting. You can't stop grifting, Nick. Hey, respect the hustle. You have to respect the hustle. And I guess you probably have to respect the hustle of the Proud Boys, which, by the way, that sentence coming out of my mouth felt disgusting. Yeah. Uh, Enrique Tarrio and four other members of the Proud Boys, who, uh, for those who may not remember, uh, the Proud Boys are a paramilitary, basically white nationalist group that uh, has terrorized people, has beaten the living hell out of people. And now they're charged with seditious conspiracy to overthrow the government of the United States of America, joining their good buddies with the Oath Keepers, including Stuart Rhodes, who were also charged with seditious conspiracy, which means... Nick, I, I tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, 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 my expert opinion is that means uh, that was an attempted overthrow of the United States government.
0: Oh, yeah. And look at Merrick Garland. He's putting on the chaps and the cowboy hat and, uh, and making some people pay for some stuff. Who would have thought?
1: <laughs> Let's 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 hold off on the party for Merrick Garland.
0: OK. OK. Well, you know, now this this kind of charge in my mind, my adult brain, I think there's some very serious penalties. Right. Is this the kind of thing where you, it's like a treason and you get shot?
1: Is no, it's like 20 years, probably. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see some sort of formal, you know, charge of something that was, you know, saying somebody saying that was bad.
1: It is there. So we'll get into this January sixth meeting, uh, what's happening behind the scenes, what I'm hearing from people. But before we do, I just got to say, Nick, one of the things that I really hate about all of this is feeling like these um, low level cronies might very well be the ones that get the punishment. I mean, I know that we're used to that. Uh, We've seen enough movies. We've lived in the United States of America for long enough. We see the powerful, wealthy, particularly white people often go uh, blameless and aren't held, you know, for what they've done. In this case, it does feel like some of the uh, the boots-on-the-ground type people might be the ones to take the fall in all of this.
0: Well, I'm sure at this very moment, they're in a room with a really big mirror in it, and, uh, you know, someone's observing them through there, and they're grilling them, and someone's going to turn because they don't want to go to prison for 20 years, right? I mean, that's, that's that's the traditional way of doing this. Now, would these crazies be willing to take the fall and not turn and and they spend a couple of years in jail, knowing they'll get a pardon if uh, Trump wins. Will will that happen? That's an interesting you know scenario.
1: Oh man, I, I gotta tell you, I so when this when this hearing gets held on Thursday, and supposedly there's gonna be some other hearings uh, before this whole thing is uh, said and done. Uh, it, it has come out in, in small leaks from the January 6th commission that people like Alex Jones, who has ties to all of these groups, uh, is in constant contact with them, uh, was basically more or less responsible for sort of lifting the Oath Keepers up into the national eye and gaining them recruits and power and uh, influence. There There were possibilities that some of these people have already turned on them. You know, it, it's 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 a real Alex Jones or Roger Stone thing to be like, yeah, you know, I was there on January 6th. And yeah, of course, uh, I, I was employing people like the Oath Keepers to be my security or the Proud Boys to be my security or rallying with them. But mm-hmm. my God, I never knew that they had any intention to overthrow the United States government.
0: Yes. And the day before, we were just kind of getting a nice tour of the Capitol because we were interested as tourists to see what the layout was of the building, maybe. Perhaps. Just a normal tourist type thing. Am I right? Yeah, uh, tourist, tourist and terrorist are pretty quick, uh, pretty close words in the English language.
1: It is a quick jump uh, linguistically, I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> but it, I have to tell you again, and we've been talking about this over the past couple of weeks times are tough and things are rough, and and there's like a malaise, there's like a frustration, an existential dread. Celebrate small victories. People like the Proud Boys, people like the Oath Keepers are incredibly dangerous people. And, you know, we, we've seen already that uh, basically both groups sort of expected Donald Trump to declare martial law during a worsening crisis. Uh, we know the Oath Keepers particularly were ready to go and get weapons and become sort of a... Uh, I don't know, deputized physical force on the ground. I mean, these are people who have conspired to overthrow the government, to carry out coups, to hurt people, to kill people, possibly. Uh, In all of this, this is a reassuring thing. This is a win. This is something that we should be happy about. It does not mean that January 6th that we're going to get to the bottom of it, and we'll talk about some of those concerns in a minute. But this right here, um, this is a good thing. So so celebrate this this thing, no matter how small.
0: And and if you're wondering how dangerous they are, I mean, in January six, we see in the footage that they're the ones who are marching and very in the military style, single file like they have a little bit of training. And if and if they don't, if they hadn't sort of in the military and just cosplay for them, some of the people who are who did have it are giving them the information and and sort of pseudo training them as well in the military, you know, tactics, which is dangerous. And we saw that, like, in Michigan, where, where Gretchen uh, Gretchen Whitmer was really concerned about this plot, uh, that whether or not we can't quite even figure out exactly what that plot was with the militias and wanting to kidnap her or not. Oh, I'll
1: tell, I'll tell you what that plot was. The plot was that you had a bunch of right-wing, dangerous people who, like, want to overthrow a government. I know, it's a recurring and, picture. And by the way, the FBI was probably trying to push them to do it, because yeah. the FBI constantly tries to make people do things so they can make arrests and, you know, yes. basically uh, validate their budget and their power.
0: Yes, I didn't want to drop the entrapment word, but yes, it could very well have been part of that as well. But certainly, they were. That's what they
1: do all the time with Muslim men. I'm just yes. throwing that out there. I, yeah. just to, I just want to. I just want to. just want to be on the record.
0: But, but but they just found a Wisconsin judge bound and killed uh,
1: oh. in a
0: way that, and there's a militia ties to that murderer. So there's and this guy, this guy that I think they he has a list of people who wanted to kill, and, and Whitmer was on that list as well. So this is real. These are not people who are just saying stuff and or or even being entrapped by you know. Federal Federal law enforcement, like these people, have these ideas. They would like to carry them out, and uh, and that's the interesting thing about even being. Let, let's just say you want to have more drug uh, gun control. Wait, sorry, not gun control. Gun safety laws. Let's say you want to have more gun safety. Um, you might not want to take that position publicly as a public figure because you're afraid that you will you know, get shot at basically by the people who want to protect the Second Amendment. And that that is where we live in this society now. Like how well, do you get people who are heroes, basically?
1: It's not even about like trying to I I about said gun safety, I don't care. Gun safety, gun control, whatever we want to call it. It's even just wanting to teach children. <laughs> it's wanting to educate children. It's it's wanting to give people public health advice, mm-hmm. you know, during a massive pandemic. These are the things that These groups feed on these things. And make no mistake about it, paramilitary groups like this, what do they want to do? They want to take advantage of declining society. They want to take advantage of crises and the way that they gain power and influence. And in this case, I mean, Nick, we both watched with our own eyes as Donald Trump gave orders to the Proud Boys on live national television. We all saw that. Mm -hmm. Stand down. Give me a name give me a White's name right like white supremacists and right problem white supremacist and right Proud boys. boys, stand back and
0: stand by but i'll tell you what i'll tell you what somebody's got to do something about antifa and the left because this is not a right wing problem his own this own is a left
1: wing And so what happens here? These groups are starting to gain power and influence because the right wing is starting to dissolve things like liberal democracy or at least challenge them, and they're creating in in an open society or a theoretically open society when you're not being shot at and your kids aren't being murdered, they're trying to take advantage of that weakness and that disintegration in order to go ahead and use intimidation and violence to carry out what they want to do. And... I have to tell you, the only way to stop them is to take them seriously, which nobody wanted to do for a very long time. They want to pretend like, ah, these are just a bunch of jackasses. Don't worry about them cosplaying, doing whatever. They are dangerous. You have to take them seriously. And when they do stuff like, I don't know, try and overthrow the government, you have to hold them accountable.
0: Well, I'm glad that you said a long time because, you know, this isn't new. And a lot of these people have been around for a long time. I'm mean, talking about decades and decades. This is not like a thing that Trump all of a sudden inspired and everyone joined. He might have, you know, gotten a few more people to join up off of this, but I think the the, the key thing that I think that Trump did though was figure out a way to get these people to actually participate in democracy before, which they hadn't done before.
1: Well, and that's part of it because the they represent paramilitaries and militias that oftentimes have operated on the fringes of society. Mm-hmm. We all know that there are white extremists, white terrorists around this country who basically are at war with the government they want to create a new civil war it just so happens you've heard of the oath keepers and you've heard of the proud boys because they've become a more palatable sort of a presentation to people right it's it a lot of these groups you never hear their names until they try and assassinate somebody or they carry out a crime or you know what i mean something along those lines These people are in the public eye because the Republican Party has grown so extreme and moved so far to the right that they have now found themselves aligned with the most, quote unquote, palatable of these groups. And the only way, again, that you can stop this is to take them seriously and hold them accountable.
0: Is it safe to say, like, you know, we talk about, you know, I would never want to be in, you know, Ukraine right now because of the possibility you get killed by walking around the wrong corner or whatever. Right. I I kind of feel like there are a a specific number of places in the United States where I wouldn't want to go. Right. And you wouldn't be really safe to go depending on who you
1: are, what you say. If you, if you, Nick, if you want to talk about my state of Georgia, you can just say it. You don't okay. have to tiptoe around it.
0: I mean, I was probably even going, you know, uh, there's a whole lot of states that are probably bordered along around Georgia. Uh, but I think it's, I think you could get into Oregon. I think you could get into Michigan. I think there are places there where if you go into well, like
1: places in California,
0: yeah, like you, you better not ask for like, uh, you know, mineral water at a gas station, you know, in one of these places because that's the signal and they'll know. Um, you you know, know what I mean, that right?
1: Is, glad you brought that up. It is well known that mineral water sets these people off. They uh. just, they can't stand it. It's the bubbles no.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because it's like it's just like um, the, the caste system like in, you know, Southeast Asian countries where there's a certain language you have to speak to each other depending on what level of hierarchy you are in the in the culture. And so you have to sort of figure it out. You have to say a sentence here and a sentence there and you figure out, oh, where are you from? What do you do? What do you work? And then eventually you figure out how you're supposed to talk to these people. Well, I feel like that exists here too where you kind of throw out a little bit of a sentence about something about like you know, Trump and then the response tells you, okay, all right, now I see where they are. And then you can slowly figure out whether you have to like back out of this area you're in without turning your back on anybody and run you know or you can hang out so i'm telling you i think that this country is not what we had thought it was for all this time and all these people that we're so frustrated with and who are causing a lot of problems have always been here and always thought how the way they think
1: no i think that's right and and you know getting back onto the topic of january 6th i think and 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 listen for some people, that was a moment where they finally looked at this and they said, you know what, you, we've been calling people who've been warning about this hysterical, you know, that it's overblown or whatever. Some people saw it and they recognized, oh, wow, there's like a rot. You know, there's like a deep, deep infection in the body politic and, and, and they realized something was wrong. There are still so many people who cannot wrap their heads around this stuff. They can't understand what has happened. And so they live in denial of it. They, they live in this sort of delusional world. And I have to tell you, for this presentation on Thursday, particularly, and you only get one first shot. You only get one first impression. And, and, and I'm old enough to remember when, I, I don't know, you get a Robert Mueller up on the stand and suddenly you're like, oh God, this didn't grow great, right? You only have one opening you know, initial uh, uh, moment of communication, uh, Thursday, 8 p.m. with this primetime sp- uh, spot, it's set up to go ahead and present to the American public. And I would make the argument, uh, as importantly, it's for the Democrats and Liz Cheney and Kinzinger to basically make a presentation to not just the American public, but actually more importantly, the American media. And to get journalists and and networks and uh, publications to pay attention to what actually happened on January 6th, to give them new information, to give this a new narrative frame, Um, I I have to tell you, Nick, and, and we'll talk about the specifics of this in a minute, I am really disturbed by the fact that that has to happen. That there has to be a presentation to reframe this thing and remind people what happened to care and wake people up and, you know, shake them out of their complacency. Uh, But that is uh, unfortunately the reality of the time.
0: I mean, it's the same as we had in, with Watergate, you know, and people would rush home and, and watch, you know, the, the hearings or the highlights of the hearings. But that the happened
1: day. immediately after it was discovered. Here we are. It's like oh. June of 2022. Like, people are like, ah, January 2021 was so long ago. Everything's fine now.
0: Right. Well, and, and, and if you're going to make this like a TV show, then you have to have an arc and you have to have suspense yep. and you have to be able to, you know, spread out the uh, information. So... In my mind, what they're probably going to do is they'll put a couple juicy things up front and then they're going to bury all the other really good stuff until like later, right? Closer to the midterms, right? So we're not going to even get like, you know, I mean, they're going to slowly drag this out. And there might be a good, you know, if I was thinking about what can I do to like have the maximum impact, I suppose this would be the the best way to do it and drag it out. But, you know, with our culture, we'd want all all eight episodes, you know, so we can binge watch it all in a row.
1: Yeah, That's exactly what we would want. And we wouldn't want it to be eight episodes. Basically, we would want the January 6th committee to give us like a 30 second presentation. <laughs> um, and, and I think that speaks more to not just the accelerated nature, but sort of the fickle nature of American attention, which is terrible. But in this, it has now come out that the January 6th committee uh, has enlisted the services. Of A guy named James Goldston, who is the former president of ABC News, worked at Nightline, all of this type of stuff, basically to try and create a primetime television show. And listen, I, I, I have to tell you, I really want people to like pop that in their mouths, chew on it, let it roll around for a minute. Like that's literally what's happening. There was an attempted coup in the United States of America to overthrow a, uh, a, a duly elected president. And now we're talking about how to turn this into the best available TV product, which I absolutely agree it's necessary. It's still disturbing. Uh, Axios has this reporting on Goldstein who's coming in to help the committee do this, basically produce it. Um, this is a, a couple lines about uh, what the plan is. Uh, apparently, Goldstein has said that he wants to make it quote unquote raw enough so that skeptical journalists will find the material fresh and chew over the disclosures in future coverage. What the hell is wrong with journalists who don't right. understand this? Like, for real. I, like, we can, we can get deeper into it, but what the hell is wrong with you?
0: <laughs> I, I, I agree. Uh, but again, it's what the hell is wrong with America. Yes. Right? Versus even, I mean, listen, they're doing what they have to do, and they have to try and make it as sexy as they possibly can, but this is not, it's not this. Let me say this. Anybody they want to reach as far as people, besides the media, they're not going to watch this. You know, I, I can remember telling somebody on that side uh, who was very well read on on the Trump stuff uh, that I was reading the Mueller report, and uh, I I was completely and utterly laughed at in my face, laughed at, and that's, that doesn't happen. Oh, by that way, a
1: reminder, and I know that you know this as well as I do, and the people listening do as well. The Mueller report, the the problem in all it. Well, there are a lot of problems in that. But it's the bar got out ahead yeah. of it, released a summary before the actual report was released. Our media just ran with it. A bunch of journalists who didn't want to believe that, you know, things were as bad as they were and they wanted to roll their eyes at people who were concerned about it. He got out there. He gave a complete bullshit summary of the Miller report and that basically defanged the entire thing before it came out. And why? Because of what you just said. It's that there are so many people who don't pay attention to this stuff. Yeah. And I know that people are checked out. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about why people are checked out and what's happening there. But there are so many people who, and this is disturbing as hell. They can't even be bothered to care about the fact that, that there was a coup attempt in their country. And now we have to somehow or another create a TV show. And it's not necessarily, I'm sorry, but the people who don't pay attention to this are not going to tune in on Thursday at 8 p.m. It doesn't matter what time it's on, what channel it's on, any of that stuff. Maybe a couple of people will run across it. They're not going to pay attention to it, even if ABC News, which by the way, I got to tell you, ABC News is not the most compelling news package that there is out there. So maybe they'll come across it. Maybe you'll have a couple thousand or a few thousand find it. Nick, it is basically begging the American media to talk about it and not turn away from it, which is a Sisyphean task in this country to make them focus on anything, to treat it with its appropriate amount of heft and importantness. Uh, like it is literally about saying, hey guys, why don't you do your jobs? Or please
0: do your jobs. Best yet, the Republicans are doing counter programming. So they're going to either here. get, yeah, they're going to even get like, you know, the the uh, people that come out and speak for Trump and, and his surrogates, or I'm not sure exactly how they're going to, you know, somehow wrestle prime time away from the, the networks, but they're going to get out there and and try. And, and, and by the way, one of the big talking points is that they feel that people have already had fatigue over this. That's there's no, they don't want to deal with this anymore. It's over. But also the people that follow these guys, the Republicans don't even believe it was a a a, a seditious act anyway. They, so it doesn't even matter Like they're, they're not going to be convinced No matter what you do they, They're just going to think Oh it was a little bit of a riot Oh well too bad I got a unruly And then they left
1: Yeah it's literally about Changing the environment And the conversation And hoping that a few people Will come around on this thing You're exactly right there's nobody who's going to be sitting there in their Let's Go Brandon t-shirt and their Trump 24 hat, you know, like sitting there being like, man, I hadn't thought about all oh, of no. this. <laughs> I, you, you know what, honey, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch this January 6th commission, you know, like that's not what's occurring here. It's literally about seating in an environment and hoping, hope against hope, that the media that completely botched and fumbled the ball. Back in January of 2021, and immediate, and I, I don't know if you remember this or if you didn't really pay attention to it, almost immediately after January 6th, they were like, was that really that big of a deal? I know we watched it and we were horrified, but like, was it really a coup? Was it really that big of a deal? It's begging these people to come back around. And who knows if it's going to work? We live in the United States of America, which tells me that um, the odds are against you getting this to work because the, the media it doesn't have great attention span and, and is really bad about this stuff because they don't want to admit there's a problem in the country. Uh, but I I, I I hope. That's all I'll say. I hope. Yeah.
0: Now, we like with Watergate, for instance, Woodward and Bernstein get all this fanfare. Meanwhile, the FBI was on this trail and was slowly putting together the whole case. Anyway. By the way,
1: real fast, part of the thing with Watergate is the fact that there were two television channels yeah right and like it, it was that was probably the coolest thing that happened.
0: you yeah. know that was
1: like one of the the most like entertaining things that happened to anybody who was interested in politics
0: yeah. well but but okay but well, the, the point also being that they were on the trail they were yeah. they were doing due diligence to try and dig all this stuff up even the, even though the, the, their own editors didn't want them to do it. Meanwhile, all we're getting now from this is like just coordinated leaks that are intentionally done from the committee. Which, by the way, to me kind of means that they got it sealed as pretty well, and they're only letting these things leak when they want to. Which is basically how journalism works these days, right? It's like you, you just sit there. I don't know what how other people do it. I, I'm picturing them sitting there waiting for their phone to ring, and then someone just tells them something, and then they get to write an article about it, right? That's what it does. It feel that more, way now.
1: It's probably more on Signal nowadays. Okay. Yeah, probably where it's happening. That's where I get my scoops. Right on the signal.
0: Like you're not going to see what, the, what was the movie where they un- they uncover the whole archdiocese uh, thing uh, about the oh spotlight. Spotlight. It, it's not like that. People are not like going door to door and knocking and going to the the the, the microfiche and finding no, what. No, like Taylor right?
1: Lorenz is doing it to discover the libs of TikTok person. Uh, I mean, okay, that's, like, that's where people are knocking. Hey, on the door.
0: we can't. And, we don't tolerate Taylor Lorenz slander in our.
1: Planet. Oh, there's no slander. I'm saying yeah. that's actual journalistic. Enterprise. Yeah, but I do have to tell you, and this is, and, and listen. I I know, I I hate to be the person to do this. I'm so sorry. I have hopes for what's happening on Thursday. But I have to tell you, speaking of leaks, Nick, this story, Sheldon Whitehouse, Senator uh, Whitehouse, uh, wrote a story for Salon, uh, basically saying that they uncovered that there were multiple war games that were happening for months before January 6th. They know, as we've talked about, that there is dark money that paid for this, that pushed the campaigns, it organized people, it transported people. Undoubtedly, it was wealthy right-wing donors and and funders who want to destroy liberal democracy in order to get further tax cuts, deregulation, you name it. They're calling it shadowy moneyed interest. White House says, and and basically goes ahead and gives the tip-off to people like you and me who are paying attention to this in order to translate it to other people, they don't know who it is yet. That's not probably going to be at this. We're not going to find out the actual high-level people who know more than Trump, who organize more than Trump. Um, And in all of this, what White House ends up saying, and I thought this was fascinating, albeit disturbing, that these political action committees that make all of this possible, there are rules on the books in order to go into their records and find out exactly who is donating to this but that they're not being enforced and i have to tell people that this is an absolute necessity to getting this thing under control figuring out what happened and keeping it from happening in the future but on top of that democratic politicians and the democratic party Don't want to do that because they rely on their own PACs and their own shadowy donors who aren't necessarily trying to overthrow a liberal democracy, but they don't want that arms race going back and forth. And so we have a point here where basically we're going to get these hearings and we already know that the big fish who caused all of this are not going to be the ones called out.
0: Maybe. I mean, you know, Ginny Thomas, uh, the wife of Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court justice, uh, had been implicated in that. And so uh, they, they could find yeah, out, by the even way. even
1: she is just a ridiculous person forwarding a bunch of email forwards. I mean, like, she's not the person who's, like, shelling out the big dollars in all of this. You okay, know? fair enough.
0: Um, and so, I, I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident that, well, first of all, here's what we know, whether they prove it or not, is that, yes, the, a lot of these rich, you know, conservatives pour a lot of money in here as these plans. And by the way, just because it's not organized really well, because this was messy as all hell, right. They had 10 different, different ideas and yep. how they wanted to make this all happen, but they all sort of started to culminate together. Kind of like a, uh, you know, a good improv sketch where you know, the ending is all the, you know, scenes together. And uh, they, uh, so, so there's no question. Like you can, you could connect all this to Mark Meadows. Like they, they could get that close.
1: Right. Oh, and- I we've talked about this. I could see Meadows being one of the sacrificial lambs of all of this. Like yeah. I could I could I could see Meadows like really catching something on this, like yeah. if anything happens from it. But yeah, Meadows was one of the guys who was running like phone numbers and going back and forth and trying to coordinate. You just nailed it, Nick. There were like eight different coup attempts. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, mm-hmm. it's like eight different people came together And you it's its almost like when you were a kid And everybody, like one person wanted to play football And one person wanted to play baseball And so you played football baseball Like it was eight different coup attempts That were all like finagled together Which shows like, my God, help us If they ever figure out how to get on the same page
0: Exactly, and and so that's the only question Is, you know, Trump found out pretty quickly That, you know, even like the Records Act Where you're supposed to preserve your records there isn't any there's no teeth to these legisl- to This legislation. There's no teeth to the PACs having to report where they're getting their money from. So, I mean, you know, the the, the, the very least, if you're going to run on something, it's like you could clean up that stuff and it would be pretty innocuous sounding. And you would sound like you're trying to clean up the swamp, even though you might be a, de- a Democrat uh, and say, like, we need to figure out a way so that these, you know, Trump can't just take boxes of classified documents to Mar-a-Lago, And then, like, somehow they got them back. And by the way, I will not be surprised if it turns out that they were related to January 6th, right? Because I think the committee got those boxes back. God knows what they've done to them and gotten rid of half of the stuff in there. But, you know what I mean? I I have no doubt that they targeted those because they might have had some evidence that those were related to it. So all and they're just so dumb. I mean, again, we're so lucky in some respects that Trump is so dumb and the people around him get stupider the more they hang around him because the next one yeah by by default they'll, they'll they'll be just someone has to be smarter than
1: that if they're in that position yeah we are um i i don't think you can emphasize that enough we are so lucky that donald trump is so dumb and and just you know basically was sitting back and just being like oh thanks everybody for trying to run a coup i mean like literally that's we are so lucky
0: well are we, are we lucky that we had Mike Pence I, I mean I, I can't believe I'm saying this but he no, didn't want to leave no don't say
1: that nope okay so
0: it. do we even want to talk about the fact that his chief of staff had to go to the secret service and say Trump's guys are going to kill him if you don't protect him better tomorrow they had to, he had to do that in January 5th that's it, like
1: it, it, it's literally incredible you know one of the things that always gets lost in all of this Nick and I'm glad you brought this up is the fact that Like, I don't know that history or history books will do a proper job of really emphasizing the fact that in a coup attempt, the president of the United States tried basically to get the vice president of the United States of America, his own vice president, to get killed.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it wasn't this is no joke. This wasn't even like just a passing thing. He dropped one of those the mafia style lines. It'd be a real shame if you don't do what we need you to do tomorrow. And they ran the Secret Service. By the way, this has already been reported right away, which was Pence didn't want to leave because he was convinced that the Secret Service would whisk him away to Alaska, and then they'd have to shove in, you know, one of these other idiots uh, as as the president of the Senate, and then they would wreak all the havoc. That could have happened. That without question, if they got Pence out of there uh, off premises and they tried to go back and do the count again for the Electoral College, that easily could have happened. And who knows what they, they would have been successful.
1: So before we start recording on all of this, Nick, you you said something. You were talking about the timing of the January 6th committee and how uh, it's time to wrap up a little bit before midterms. We have to acknowledge that this is not just a hearing. It's a political messaging opportunity. We have to call it what it is. It literally is a matter of political messaging. And on that note, we have to follow up on a story that we were following last week, which is the desperate need for the Biden administration to change the topic, to change the messaging, the narrative of the moment. Uh, Right now, as this uh, committee hearing is scheduled to come on to prime time and, and change the narrative, change the idea. Uh, what we are seeing and what I've been told from the people that I've talked to is that the new biden narrative is going to be rolled out. are you ready everybody it's the new biden administration to coincide with the beginning of the january 6th hearings. Um, we're already seeing we we covered this NBC news um, I, I I don't know how else to say it just an absolute failure of an article that the administration tried to push in order to retake the narrative. So we got another one. (laughs) Immediately, there was another one that basically said Biden's decided he's going to go out on the road. He's going to talk to people. He's going to change the narrative. I want to read a quick thing from this. This was from Politico, so you know that it was leaked from them. The plan now is to put Biden on the road to highlight progress being made. Which, By the way, Biden needs to be out there. Like, hardly ever see this guy. Uh, He's really good at retail politics. Get him out there. Whatever. Even incrementally in a meeting, the series of tests with visits this week to California, which um, I think he's got that in the bag, but that's neither here nor there, where he will preside over a summit of Western Hemisphere allies as well as New Mexico to push for his climate agenda. Um, Real fast, Nick. Can you, as a person who uh, pays attention to politics and the news as part of your job and your career, can you tell me what Joe Biden's climate agenda is? Oh. um, Can you sum it up for the folks at home? That's weird. That's That's about it, isn't it? It doesn't come off the tongue. Why (laughs) is that
0: uh, yeah, they, they they haven't articulated anything about. He actually managed to skirt the whole campaign without really doing much beyond like a little lip service to something about climate just, change. So. Just
1: an occasional thing. Well, real fast, Nick, uh, on that climate agenda, I'm just going to read the opening of a New York Times article. This one's fun, man. Houston. When President Biden meets Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman in Saudi Arabia, he will be following in the footsteps of presidents like Jimmy Carter, who flew to Tehran in 1977 to exchange toasts with the Shah of Iran on New Year's Eve. How'd that work out, Nick?
0: Oh, boy. Well, you know, are we talking about the hostage situation? Do we go, go, go from, start there? Or, you know, his, losing That's... his whole presidency?
1: Whenever you hear... Number one, that you're in the same article in the lead of a of a story with Jimmy Carter doing something during his administration, and on top of that, it involves the Shah of Iran. Things didn't go great.
0: We can we give a little bit of credit to Biden though. In the Build Back Better, there was lots of climate change uh, things being addressed.
1: That's true.
0: So it was it, there, there was things in there as my, as i my, 'm going through my brain
1: that is true, and and hopefully somehow or another, they would have offset all of the new drilling that we 're now doing and and all of the pushing of those things. I will say and, and by the way, um, in case people haven 't figured it out, I am very anti going to Saudi Arabia, where they i, I don 't know they kill American citizens, chop them up and, and get rid of their body. Uh, I am anti going to Saudi Arabia hat in hand. On top of that, the fossil fuel agenda makes fools and hostages and victims of all of us. It is corrupting and awful. Uh, The list goes on and on and on and on. The problem in all of this, Nick, there is no broad narrative or plan. There's not like and and I got to tell you, uh, we are far down the road of needing to address climate change and getting alternative fuel. And the and I know that the gasoline prices are hard politically. But the only thing you can do there without, I don't know, getting in bed with these absolute murderers, is to start saying, hey, guess what? Here's some hard truths. America has to do something different. And that's that's what needs to
0: happen. Yeah, well, I just want to focus on the actual the oil market for a minute, if you would indulge me. Because yeah. I was told in no uncertain terms that this is a global market that is affected by supply and demand. That's why the prices have moved. The president can't really control them, and OPEC can't really control them. But meanwhile, I don't know if you remember, but Trump had forced the Saudis to reduce oil production during the pandemic because the prices were going down so down so low. And so they made him do that under the threat of no more military aid or less military aid. He's like, hey, well, I won't be able to control the uh, Congress if they're not going to give you any more money for military. So they did that. And then now, all of a sudden, we're trying to go back there and say, no, 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 you got to open up those pumps. We need more gas right away. And, of course, in that interim, they're like, shit, we're making so much money now off of how much – you know why, why would we ever turn this thing off? And I think the bottom line is it was never like some sort of world marketplace that is set by supply and demand, right? I
1: think we have figured that one out pretty quickly that and this it, is all and bullshit. It, the problem in all of this is – and, and I, don't know, I don't know how to emphasize this enough. America has a problem in which, in all ways, it wants to be the focus of power in the world it wants to be the world's richest com- country, the world's uh, most powerful country, the world's most uh, it, like the, we, we're comfortable constantly, we have a consumer paradise. We want all of those things and when other countries don't work with that we're like why aren't you helping us live better lives and so you can live worse lives I mean like literally like they we always just sort of throw up our hands we're like why are you trying to stop us like come on, we're the good guys we're the heroes of civilization. In all and by the way, I, I want to I make a quick list of the countries that we're talking to trying to get this oil situation under control. We're talking to Saudi Arabia, who have already – we covered this, Nick. When Russia invaded Ukraine and we were like, don't work with them, Saudi Arabia is like, I'm sorry, new phone. Who this? <laughs> like really, that, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that and, – and, and I don't know if you've been seeing this in the past couple of weeks – the conservative – uh, opinion columnists and writers and journalists. They are tired of war in Ukraine, supporting Ukraine and opposing Russia. Uh, Douthit took some time out from talking about sex robots to basically say are we always going to be anti-Russian in this war? Because we got to think about that in terms of gas and other things. Like, we've talked with Venezuela. We've talked with Iran! But meanwhile every day there's a new article It's like Iran is so close to nuclear weapons, we kind of need to go to war. I mean, like it, we, this is what happens when you have to have all of your power, you have to have your cake and eat it too, and on top of that, you're addicted to a fuel source that breeds corruption and is literally destroying human civilization. Yeah,
0: and we could get more gas from Venezuela, for instance, if we ever had any normal relations with them, but we don't if at We didn't all. not
1: try and overthrow their government every couple of days.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's the other problem. But again, if you want to have a solution to the energy problem and it deals with drilling more, I don't want to hear it. Do not want to hear any more solutions that deal with anything about drilling into the ground for more oil. That is over. And even if you want to say it's over now, it's billion dollar industry, whatever, you know, whenever it will be over, it will be over. And you'd be better off getting it off of that now versus whenever it happens.
1: Can I can I share just real fast? So when when we're researching these episodes, we're reading all this stuff and and diving deep into the research every now and then I'll find a quote, Nick, that makes me laugh and cry simultaneously and have to go for a walk around the neighborhood. Uh, This is from like the deep dive into uh, Biden going to Saudi Arabia. Uh, This is a quote. I'm going to give you the quote and then I'm going to give you the person saying the quote. Are you ready? I'm ready. A president has to try in regards to, to gas prices. Unfortunately, there are only bad options, and any alternative options are probably worse than asking the Saudis to increase production. Oh, interesting take, Bill Richardson. <laughs> okay, Bill. Bill Richardson has Richardson. I don't know if people remember this about Bill Richardson. Not only one of the most corrupt politicians in modern American history was absolutely linked to Jeffrey Epstein. Why is he appearing in articles, particularly in the New York Times? Who calls him for an article? My God.
0: He was on TV sometime in the past. Is is that enough?
1: (laughs) This cancel culture is out of control, Nick. I, I swear to God, it's so bad. But I I, I have to say, in the midst of all of this, and and this came across, uh, we both saw this, it comes out also uh, today that after the child tax credit uh, ended following the the collapse of the Build Back Better agenda, uh, that nearly fifty percent of all families with children can't afford food right now like and and aren't able to get enough food uh there's like so much disturbing stuff coming out that people are having to like change the food that they consume forty five percent are having to use food banks we've got forty five percent of parents who have to skip meals so their children can eat almost ten percent who have to skip meals in order to eat in order to afford their life, including their medicine, uh, their housing, all of that. The problem isn't as the Biden administration keeps saying, people like uh, Pfeiffer keeps saying in, in all of their articles and pushes, that people like the messaging just isn't getting across. It's not that people are so stupid that they can't understand plans. It's that there are problems that aren't being addressed. You need a president who says, hey, this is actually where we are in this country. This is how bad things actually are. We need a major change. You can't keep footsieing around the parameters of these of this thing. Like, it is massive. It is really, really problematic. We all know it. We all feel it. And unless you're able to start talking about that, and if you don't stop seeding the conversation to these absolutely insane Republicans... Like, you're not going to get anywhere. You have to start addressing the fact that we are facing an actual massive crisis of massive proportions.
0: Well, the other problem is, is that, you know, oftentimes the the president gets like way too much credit for the economy and and also then way too much blame for the economy. Um, And so but they want the credit. Right? They want to do whatever they can to get the credit for this. So, obviously, that really helped. It got kids out of poverty when they were giving tax credits like that, and, and then also money just you know on a monthly basis for a little while. Uh, but people want to then point to that is what created the uh, inflation that we have now, which there is part of it, I suppose, but it's also what's going on in Ukraine. Which Oh, it's also
1: corporations gouging people.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing. And they, they did pass some legislation. or trying to pass some legislation to stop you know price gouging uh, from happening on the gas pump. But either way... Um, it's sort of out of the control of the president to some degree. You no, know, the
1: president has become a mascot for the economy yeah. is what it is. I mean, literally. And, and I don't know, you probably don't get these in California. What? I have to assume our, our listeners have seen this there. When you stop and get gas now, like over half the time now, there's a sticker by the, by the gas price that has a picture of Biden that says, I did that. Like, that is the explanation i understand joe biden can't come to your town and lower gas prices i get that but you're right everything gets pinned on the president who more or less a president has become sort of the mayor of a podunk town where Mm -hmm. everything's great and so he walks around with a sash and the key of the city or if things are bad he gets put in the dunk tank in all of this you are not communicating how bad things are we talk about the economy they keep saying the economy's good or whatever that doesn't help people who are having to like cut their pills in half or aren't eating so their children can eat like that that doesn't translate
0: I know. So the Republicans are so good at it. they're like, first of all, unemployment is as low as it's ever been. The stock market's doing okay. Uh, those are all the things that the Republicans would be crowing about and, and convincing people that how you know how well they're doing on this economy thing. Whereas when you realize it, it doesn't always have anything to do with exactly what they're doing. Uh, and then it may, and their policies make everything worse anyway for the middle class and the people who are we're talking about are struggling. Now, obviously. You know, if you have a job and you didn't have one before and you're actually making money, it doesn't stretch as far because of inflation. And again, it feels to me and this the way we've moved towards with um, this version of um, of our democracy and, our, our, and the economy. The price gouging isn't price gouging. It's not really that anymore. It's simply like they get to just set whatever price they want, whenever they want. What's the big deal? Like, that's what we do. And, and if you really want to have this kind of an economy, like, you, like I don't know how you're supposed to regulate that.
1: Well, and that's along with it, man, is it's like, you know, these businesses and the wealthy, they're getting off completely scot-free. They're not getting taxed. They're getting constant corporate welfare is what they're getting. It's just, it's constant. All of the laws of this country are in their favor. All of the systems are in their favor. All of this stuff is happening. And they have to, and we talked about this before too, you have to constantly increase profits. It's not enough to have record profits. You have to have now record profits. It just grows and grows and grows. Meanwhile, listen, Biden and the Democrats, every couple of weeks, they'll be like, hey, I think maybe you should tax these people. And nothing comes from it. We hear, oh, they're having a conversation about taxing people. They're Mm -hmm. having a conversation about closing uh, loopholes and getting this assistance. All people see is that the agenda has stalled. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's because of Democrats themselves. They've got power. So meanwhile, you have people who are going around saying, oh, you just have to remind people how bad things will be with Republicans. Guess what? People, and some of these people we're talking about who can't afford food after the tax credits have stopped. They don't give a shit about the Republicans being racist or sexist or full of conspiracy theories or extremist. They want someone to tell them, I'll fix the problem. That's what they want. And here's what's happening. Here's the problem. X and Y is how I'm going to fix it. It happens to be that the Republicans, as we were talking about before we recorded, are like, the problem is personal pan reading programs at Pizza Hut. Right. Right. Or Mr. Potato Head. Or you name it. And we'll stop it. And when they say we'll stop it, that's better then every now and then hearing the Democrats are considering working groups to figure out how to possibly means test a new program that will die in a committee or be struck down by someone like a Joe Manchin.
0: Wow. Well, you put it that way. I mean, we, we, we need Clinton. Bill Clinton was the best at what you were saying. Here's the a problem. Republican Here's the solution.
1: Policies okay. that the corporations wanted him to pass, for sure. Okay.
0: But it's the explanation that you want, like a, like a leader who can explain what the problem is very quickly and simply and then explain the solution in a very rational manner it was like Yes This is what we need Someone, And then, you know Whether or not he ever got Any of this stuff done I don't know But he certainly was able To present that And, and yes. Biden doesn't Can't do that and It
1: was the communication Of it And the problem In all of this Is that the Democratic Party has grown so far away from a lot of the electorate like you know when you get uh specialists like ben pfeiffer who's out there talking about like how to communicate like it's talking about like oh let's get into the weeds about it. and and democrats really i'm talking about politicians they truly honestly believe that the problem is that people just don't understand right mm-hmm. they just they 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 just—they they, they don't understand what's going on, and if they can just make the right rational argument to them, it will figure itself out. Meanwhile, the Republicans are lizard brain. They're coming for you, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and guess what? They'll get you. Who's they? The people who will get you if we're not elected. And that—those that, two sides, like, for some people, it's not a contest. I mean, we got to talk about—Nick, I'm so sorry. Um, we have to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. And <laughs> I, that's
0: not a strong enough apology.
1: I, I am so sorry, but there's a lot happening in the Marjorie Taylor Green universe that, that is instructive and problematic. We've got to touch on it. Like Marjorie Taylor Green, Nick, I, I would be shocked if, if she could explain to you how water comes to her house through pipes. Like <laughs> I, I, I would, I, 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 this is a person this is not a serious person. Meanwhile, what is she good at? She's really, really good at just saying a bunch of shit that gets people afraid, and that's it. It overrides any sort of thought or whatever. It gets, it gets to the heart of, of a paranoia, a racism, a sexism that's there. And meanwhile, Nick, like she's, she's come out full force for Christian nationalism. If Christian nationalism is something to be scared of, they're lying to you. And they're lying to you on purpose because that is exactly the temperature change that is happening in America today, and they can't control it. They can't control it, and that's what terrifies them the most. You see, if, it, if we're going to label it Christian nationalism, This movement will actually be the movement that stops the school shootings. This will be the movement that stops the crime in our streets. This will be the movement that stops the sexual immorality and teaches children and brings them up in in traditional families and loving homes. This will be the movement that protects kids' innocence and nurtures them into responsible adults that grow up to be successful moms and dads wanting to pursue uh, a family of their own. And I want to remind people what Christian nationalism is. And, And let's try and boil this down as easily as possible. It is the belief that America has been chosen by God As the champion, the Christian God, by the way, and I need need to be very clear, the Christian God has chosen America as his champion in the world, which, by the way, has a lot of white supremacist undertones, and if you believe that, then you believe the people you oppose are satanic, evil, they go after children, they want to hurt you, and which means anything that you need to do to destroy them is necessary, including violence, coup attempts, you name it. Uh, this is an incredibly dangerous thing. Uh, but the fact that the Republican Party is moving further and further in this direction uh, should really worry everybody.
0: Well, absolutely. And it's funny, the solution to the, the people you described who, you know, are are having a hard time recognizing what the truth is or, or being rational. You know, I think that the public school system was supposed to fix that when it first came. We need it to have a democracy, a functioning democracy. We need to have an electorate of people who, you know, who could think and who could process these things. We've known for all the time. Everybody hates school, right? And we know that a lot of these schools are are rated poorly, whatever. No one wants to ever go. They don't remember anything from high school, all right? Whatever we're doing is probably not great anyway. In the methods, the methodology of how well, we wait, teach.
1: Tell me, I'm so sorry, Nick. I have to say something about the ratings. The ratings were created by Republicans in order to start destroying public schools. No child like, left behind. No child left behind. And and we don't talk about this enough as a as a culture. One of the most destructive ideas. Like, really. I mean, like you you want to talk about Iraq War, Katrina, uh the financial collapse with Bush. No child left behind's up there. It really truly is. And it, it allowed them to start taking money away from these programs and to start streamlining it, going after critical thinking, uh humanities, you name it. In all of this, you're exactly right, though. That is supposed to be the place where we can start running our heads around that and and making decisions based on uh, information. Instead, now, we have a bunch of people who are like, no, God told me that things are yeah. bad. Yeah
0: and and in the gamification of all of this because it's a team that they have to cheer for and it's a mascot that they'll never ever switch allegiances to right? you're always going to be a what are you a, a Cubs fan what are you
1: what are you an asshole Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Cubs fan listen we're all a- assholes for being Cubs fans but um, that's the thing is, uh, is like you know is anything ever going to I mean I'm not a, really a Cubs fan I don't really pay attention to it anymore but in the cockles of my heart at some point like when they won the World Series in 2016 it felt good and I'm never going to not, you know, want to maybe cheer for the uh, the Cubs if they do well. I think that's what we got into here. Like, they, they, there's nothing that you can do. And, and because we haven't, educated it as well as we could people you know you could get made fun of by clep uh, jordan klepper uh, you know when they ask him like, what are the free branches of government no one has any idea what it is right instead of saying to yourself geez they, they kind of made fun of me and maybe i should learn this i won't get made fun of again instead it just hardens them and
1: well, they get and what, more we're, and what we're seeing in a lot of it though is in the absence of actual communication about what's going on in this country and and and, and here's the thing this isn't about being stupid it's really not. It's not about people not having the intellect. And we need to go ahead and get rid of these classist and, and, and regionalist ideas that these people are stupid. It's not that they are. There, there's not any sort of an explanation given to them that they can start to wrap their heads around. And, you know, we can talk about this stuff because we're in it all the time. The only reason I have a podcast and I write books is because I've had the time to study it. Right, I was, given, I, I was able to accrue student debt, I was able to spend time with it, and, and that's why I'm able to come on here and talk about neoliberalism, uh, the destruction of liberal democracy ideology. In the midst of all of this, Nick, we're already seeing what the GOP is doing. Instead of getting into the nuts and bolts of how to get rid of inequality or how to better make, a, a make the economy actually work for people or to end the scourge of gun violence— Instead of talking about that, the Republicans have now just completely fallen back on saying it's Satan, which is a tradition that has happened in America and around the world so often. You basically end up, as somebody like Green will say, it is about degeneracy. The reason why we have violence, the reason why we have strife, the reason why things aren't going well is because America turned its back on God, and now God is punishing it, or Satan is taking over. It's literally, I saw Goody Proctor with the devil, and that's what she's pushing. And I want to point something out, because this just came across the wire before we started recording. She literally, Marjorie Taylor Greene, just hired Milo Yiannopoulos. And for anybody who doesn't remember Milo Yiannopoulos, I just want to present you with a real quick clip, him talking about the age of consent. There are certainly people who um, are capable of, um, uh, of giving consent at a younger age.
0: He went on to describe in graphic detail his
1: sexual relationship with a priest at the age of 14. So what we're talking about here is that Marjorie Taylor Greene of the Republican Party, both who talk about groomers, and pedophiles. She literally hired a right-wing ideologue provocateur, who I've been in the room with and I have to tell you, this is a dangerous evil person. This person, who now claims that he's no longer gay, conversion therapy made him straight, which by the way, here's a a quick quote from Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, that he has quote-unquote turned his life back to Jesus and church. Which, what's that say about gay people, Nick? Uh,
0: They're Satan. They're Satanists. They're Satan.
1: She has hired this person who has in public and had his entire career sort of destroyed because he talked about lowering the age of consent or about how people under the age of consent maybe can make their own sexual choices. That That person has now been hired. Also, Nick, fun fact, he's the one that got her at AFPAC with Nick Fuentes, the white supremacist Holocaust denier. That is now who she has turned to because she's in a battle with Satan. And look, he he embraced Jesus in the church, so obviously now he's no longer gay or dangerous. I mean, that's 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 the mind fuck that we're dealing with.
0: Well, she's really in a battle to you know stay into the stay in the news, right? Remember, every couple that's of weeks, a
1: chunk of it. And I'll tell you who's good at that, Milo Yiannopoulos.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing though: is every couple of weeks, you know, if they start to fall out of the news, they got to do something and say something to get back in, right? And this is like clockwork. Although Gates has been lagging. Matt, where are you? You got to. Say something stupid, so you get back <laughs> in the news.
1: Matt basically has like a side passport. That he's ready to go and run <laughs> yeah, out of the right. country at any given moment if there's like a knock on the door.
0: So, so he's given it all to you know. Bob will be next. She'll say something stupid in the next couple days. Book it, and you'll know. But when you get to to Milo Unopolis, this is like this is like Spinal Tap performing alongside the uh, the puppet show. It's uh,
1: puppet show and Spinal Tap.
0: Yeah. Uh, if I told him once, to him a thousand times. Spinal Tap before the puppet show. Puppet. And this is what we're it,
1: at. That's literally what we're doing here. And I and, and, and the only reason I want to talk about this is because it's a literal Rosetta Stone into what's happening. Mm. It's literally saying that they are, quote unquote, fighting Satan. Which, by the way, like if you want to like not actually address the problems of a country and you don't want to actually address problems, all you have to do is attribute it to supernatural evil. Oh, we solved it. Okay, well, and meanwhile, oh, religion says, by the way, that everybody that disagrees with us is evil and so we can't have democracy. That's what we're talking about. And now we're talking about the idea that you can even bring in people who are talking about grooming, literally grooming, not like what is supposedly happening in public education or what Democrats are, or Disney or whatever. A literal person who's on the record talking about this, it is... Such incredible projection! It's it, hypocrisy doesn't even begin to cover it. It's something worse. It's something more insidious than hypocrisy.
0: Yeah, and like you know, they, they want to even like cancel something like Pizza Hut for having this. You're are you aware of this this book club that they have? Oh I, yeah, I was
1: talking about this, and I want to point out it's the book it program, which is one of the fondest memories I have of childhood, which is reading books and getting a personal pan pizza at the Honey Creek Mall in Terre Haute, Indiana. Just an incredible. <laughs> (laughs) saturday all the way
0: around yeah i mean what better way to entice young kids to read than to promise them a personal pan pizza if you read x amount of books so Mm -hmm. of course they find one book in there that's about a kid that likes to dress in drag and has a wig that he puts on and the wig is kind of a magic wig and if other kids put the wig on that they become empowered they feel powerful and 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 talented and, and good about themselves this is what we're dealing with here um and it's outrage. It's so I, almost to the point where maybe they're just doing it, they know that they're going to outrage the left and they just do this kind of stuff. But I have a feeling people are going to go to Papa John's now instead of uh, Pizza Hut, which is really <laughs> the chef's kiss.
1: <case>. Well, I was <laughs> I to say, I think. I think Papa John's won over a lot of them whenever uh, Papa John himself was you know, just willy-dilly dropping the N-word all over a bunch of conference calls. I, I think that cemented Papa John's. And that being said, I, I I think Papa John's makes a decent pizza, but man, that's a grotesque company. I'm sorry. They gave You can't see it listening to the podcast. They gave Nick a shiver, but that's neither here You know what? There.
0: I think it also because I, I had a Papa John's moment like in the early mid-2000s. Um, where I was getting a lot of Papa John's because it was like they'd come in like 20 mm-hmm. minutes, it was down mm-hmm. the street. So um, I just I'm kinda that's my
1: reaction. Well, the it whole was probably life, pretty good. Like like talking about all of this shit and all of these toys and and, and all of these childish like sort of deals going after Disney, talking about all this stuff. It's literally these culture wars are leading to a point. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, by the way, like we talk about, the Republican Party And right-wing media relies on people like her and conspiracy theorists to just throw shit at the wall and see what works. She's not talking about Christian nationalism because it just popped up into her brain. It's mm-hmm. the direction of the country. This is exactly the right wing in the United States. It's the same thing that happened in Russia. It's the same thing that happened in, in Hungary. It's part of a larger plan to say that America is degenerate and that it's fallen under satanic influence. And the only thing that will make it better Is to go ahead and get rid of liberal democracy and basically give Republicans and white evangelicals all of the power that they can possibly muster. All right, everybody, a reminder on Friday for the Weekender episode, Nick and I are going to be covering uh, the Thursday hearing of the January 6th committee. If you want access to that, go over to patreon.com slash podcast. A reminder, we depend on your support. We don't have ads because we want to remain independent. We don't want anybody telling us what to talk about, what not to talk about. We depend on that. That's patreon.com slash to You get the weekender edition. Here are our thoughts on Thursday's January 6th committee hearings. If you need us before then, you can find Nick at Can You Hear Me SMH. You can find me at JY Saxton. As always, everybody, stay safe.